It sounds like y'all are enjoying the podcast from all the feedback I'm getting, particularly regarding last week's episode and the format change. So I'll stick to a week at a glance structure by starting each episode with a new segment called Headlines. It'll be a summation of everything there's to know about the previous week's news cycle. So y'all remain an informed blackity black black audience. Inevitably, there always seems to be breaking news right after I record an episode. But alas, I'll do my best to make sure I include the main highlights. Keep the feedback coming. Always trying to make this podcast better and as good as it can be. After headlines, I'm talking all things Moesha. Woo, woo. With my lovely guest, whom I'll introduce shortly. That's everything on the schedule for today. You're listening to Planted Never Buried. headlines for this past week. Tuesday marked the first of three presidential debates. It was pretty much an upscale version of every sibling argument that has ever happened while the parent tried to stop it from escalating. Wednesday, several Tennessee Titan football players tested positive for coronavirus, prompting the postponement of their game originally scheduled for Sunday today. Saturday, news broke that Cam Newton and several other Patriots also tested positive for the virus. The teams in question have closed their facilities and are conducting contact tracing, and the rest of the the NFL is still on as of right now. Kentucky Attorney General Daniel Cameron released the Breonna Taylor transcripts Friday, revealing that the team of seven officers who executed the search warrant did not have a formal plan before approaching the house. I've actually been listening to the transcripts for work, and at one point, As an officer is in the middle of orating the sequence of events, he says one second and begins texting in the middle of his time. I know, disgusting. 45 announced via Twitter early Friday morning that he too tested positive for the coronavirus and his status has become a circus of statements, reversals and updates, making it hard to parse out what his actual condition is currently. Several of his aides and fellow Republicans in Congress have also tested positive. And then the premiere of Saturday Night Live was genius. Chris Rock, Chris Rocked, that's the best way I can say it. Jim Carrey as Joe Biden and Alec Baldwin as 45 did not disappoint either. It is a must watch. Now on to why you tuned into Planted Never Buried today. Let me play a little something something for y'all to set the mood. Okay, growing up, I maybe didn't know the words after the mo to the e to the part. And I know I just played it, but every time I hear it, I get so hyped. And I am beyond excited to welcome my guest onto the show. She's a junior at Brown, which high key is crazy to even say out loud. And I'm low key mad about it. 
I remember when she first got to campus with her cute little baby face. And it's been such a privilege to see her grow into herself. I am so proud. Ivy Hobson. What's up, girl? It's been too long since we last spoke. <laughs> Look, I'm low-key mad about it, too. I should not be a junior. <laughs> it went by so fast. I legit feel like you just got at Brown, and now you over halfway done. I know, and you're not there to help me through it. <laughs> we had some time, so we've had some time. <laughs> um, before I get into Moesha, I just want to know, because you're in California right now, the wildfires are happening, and we were talking about this before the podcast, what is the air quality like out there? Like, are you good? I know you haven't had to uh, evacuate, but what's the sentiment going on over there? Yeah, I haven't had to evacuate, but right now I'm in, I'm currently in Northern California where it's been like the sky has not been blue for almost like a month. It's just like a perpetual fog haze going on. Mm. Um, But I was just outside and, you know, it's getting better, but it's still going on. And I feel like it's just like a lot of people need to educate themselves on mm-hmm. climate change and what is going on. Facts. Um, these are scary times. <laughs> does it smell burnt when you walk outside or open a window? It does not. It does okay. not. But it it doesn't smell fresh. <laughs> okay. So somewhere in the middle. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. All right. Now on to Moesha. Well, first, if you haven't finished the series, come back and listen to this afterwards if you don't want any spoilers. When I think of Moesha thematically, the key takeaways I want on the table for us today is how dark-skinned women are portrayed and loved, Moesha's relationship with her father, especially as she starts to Mm. get older, her relationship with her biological mother, and Dee, and then her career and her dating life. Um, So we'll definitely get all to that. But Ivy, let's start on your end. Netflix recently put the show on its platform and obviously it's gotten such a a warm reception why do you love the show so much what does it do for you I think I mean honestly I watched it a little bit growing up but watching all of the episodes back I, I don't even remember most of them but I think for me it was very sentimental because I also I didn't grow up in Lamert Park, but that's mm-hmm. where my elementary school was. That's where my middle school was. So I have a very close connection to it. So I think seeing a show that celebrates Lamert Park and celebrates its culture and its Ooh, people mm-hmm. was really important to, to me and really special because like you don't see that often mm-hmm. on TV or at all. <laughs> and, <Thanks. I> th- <laughs> and I think the biggest thing was that it was just a Black girl as the main character and mm. she wasn't this trope and she wasn't, although some other characters might be, Moesha was just mm-hmm. playing a regular role that just a regular old teenage girl, which I really appreciated. Yeah. And yeah. I resonate with that heavy as far as not remembering ever watching any of these episodes. <laughs> like I legit think Moesha was not as heavily syndicated as reruns of Fresh Prince of Bel-Air or The Parkers or Martin. So while I'm thinking I have forgotten these episodes, in reality, I don't think we ever saw them. Probably never saw them. (laughs) We never saw them. And it's the content is golden. And also just thinking about throughout the course of the series, 
how she continues to not only be the young 16 year old girl that we see a lot of ourselves in, but also Mm -hmm. the young adult who is in college. And that's something that hits home hard for both of us as a recent grad and also as a current student, such as yourself. Um, So there's a lot going on here. Let's, (laughs) there's so much. Um, I want to start with the dark skinned women portrayal and how they're loved. And I think this Mm -hmm. is so critical because Moesha and maybe everybody hates Chris, not maybe everybody hates Chris for sure is one of two black shows that I can think of that I can think of right on the top of my head where the wife is not lighter skinned than the husband and the daughter is not mixed race black or racially ambiguous. And even now, as I try to think of additional examples, I'm like, okay, so Moesha, everybody hates Chris, little Bill, (laughs) great cartoon. And you can hardly even bring it up anymore, given, you know, Bill Cosby and everything, but great cartoon. And I just think because colorism permeates so much of everything in this country to have Moesha, especially during the time in the nineties, when it was coming up was so impactful and to be rewatching it now it's really just been a joy. Um, so how we have Moesha, we have Nisi, we have Kim, and we have Dee. Four gorgeous, dark-skinned women who are, like, beautiful without being sexualized and who are strong without mm-hmm. being masculinized. And it's such an an artful balance to put them in that, in that position throughout the show. What about, I guess, Nisi, Kim, and Moesha's friendship most sits with you, um, either in relation to your friendship with your friends or even just as a wish list that you want in your future relationships? Oh, that's interesting. Honestly, I think it's interesting that you consider all four of them dark skin as well, because I would consider myself the same shade as Moesha. And I, I never considered myself as dark skin. I, I mean, because I'm like, I know I don't experience the same things and the same struggles. Are you someone who considers Sorry. brown skin its own separate category? Yes. Oh, got you. Well, I wouldn't say it's like its own separate category, but I, I just feel like I can't jump to the dark skin, but I'm definitely not light skin, you know? Got you. My thing with I'm brown skin in the is, middle. I don't know, because we're pretty much the same complexion. I just don't see what mm-hmm. we gain from claiming brown skin. Like, definitely not the darkest hue. I get that. And I recognize there's <laughs> level to colorism, and folks who are darker mm-hmm. than us definitely have the biggest brunt of it, but like my skin is dark (laughs) my skin is brown Um, so it doesn't make much sense to me to do okay light skin brown skin dark skin which I guess it is a spectrum so maybe I'm incorrect but as of right now I'm just I'm not seeing it anyway continue your thought my bad but um thinking about their friendship it's interesting because at times a lot of times I was like oh I don't want this friendship Mm -hmm. I was like this is not healthy yeah no facts Um, I, a few times Moesha rubbed me the wrong way um, mm-hmm. are you talking about when I she think... snuck out to go to a party with him 
I'm thinking about when her and Nisi were talking about Kim's weight. Oh, and yeah. And then almost kind of gaslighted her. And I was like, what? Yeah. And um, Loki, I was really tight about that part. Of really just all of the fat jokes directed at Kim, played by Countess Vaughn, of yes. course. Because in my mind, she's not overweight. I watched the episode like, yes. hey, is Kim considered fat in this show? I don't understand. This is just not adding yeah. up. Because now everyone is 90s like... 90s weight culture. Exactly. <laughs> 90s weight culture, which is now considered, oh, she's just thick. Or, oh, she's just good. I just, I never mm-hmm. saw her as fat until all these fat jokes start coming. Yeah, that was interesting. The idea of, like, thickness not being something that was so much attractive and desired by mm-hmm. um, girls and guys at that time because now I feel like that's the thing that everyone wants like right I was like I would love to be thick mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. exactly how um gee what you said at some at points Moesha was toxic which I definitely think she was I think she did a lot of soul searching especially when she would have arguments with her dad and then try to go back and mm-hmm. communicate them to her friends. Um, so yes. there's, there's two different lanes here. There's one with like her relationship with her dad. And then there's a second with Q and all of the guys that she dated and how that affected her relationship with her dad, which she relayed all mm-hmm. of that to her friends. Um, so let's just start in a logical progression here with the dating that, fed into the relationship with her dad and not that it was the only part but it was such a major theme that it's hard not to start with it and then how those two subsets went into her friendships with Kim and Nisi all right before I start what are your thoughts on Q I I mean I didn't have a problem with Q I I don't think Q was the best person for Moesha, but I think he was just that like first love, you know? And where like you think that this love is gonna last forever and you wanna do anything for this person. Uh, he, he wasn't my cup of tea. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about you, but he wasn't mine. <laughs> just every time she was head over heels and literally going out of her way, inconveniencing herself for this man, I did not understand what she saw in him and why she went through such lengths to keep him. Like, he's not that cute. He's shorter than her, and traditionally that's not a goal. (laughs) He doesn't always talk to her with the respect that he should. And then to have all those scenes and later see her bailing him out of jail her putting up with Hated him, that like team. dating other people. <laughs> yeah, there's so much from like Moesha, who are you? And the fact that pretty much all of season two was dedicated to him, I'm like, yo, why do we even care about this kid? I want to get back to like the journalism stuff and the stuff she's and trying then to he do. He just dropped off. Yeah. And, and then he dropped off, but not before they got <laughs> engaged. And that's when I was like, okay, this is off off the rail. I don't understand why they're even <sighs> together. Um so that's my thought oh, on Wow. Q. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay, because you know I stopped at season five. You so stopped this at season is news five. to me. T girl. Because look, look, Netflix is going too quickly. And Moesha, <laughs> I was watching Moesha, but then Girlfriends came back and I was like, I gotta finish Girlfriends. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't understand. I recently finished Girlfriends. I may have to have you back for that one, child. 
<laughs> Moesha is on pause. And honestly, I mean, I know we're not there yet, but I was very upset at how season four ended. So I was like, I just need a break from this show. Oh, let's go and there. I'll jump Tell, back in later. Talk to me how season four ended. You're upset. Continue. <laughs> well, it ends with Moesha being like, I'm going to go. I'm not going to go to college. I'm just going to go become, mm-hmm. I don't know what the job was, but she got the job at, what is it? Five. Yeah, she was like an intern and advice or something. I personally, I'm all for, you know, putting off college because, you know, it's not going anywhere. Like this job, this could be your once in a life opportunity. It mm-hmm. could be the job that you're trying to get out of college. So I'm for it. But the way that she brought it up to her family was just like, oh, yeah, I'm not going. Like, mm-hmm. I, I dropped out. I'm not I'm not doing this. And this entire time, she's been getting on her other friends for not wanting to go to college, not Facts. pushing themselves harder, just butting into everybody else's life. Facts. And then she said, oh, yeah, I'm not going to Northwestern. I said, what? Yeah, because I was confused. The school that she ended up going to was not one of the ones that a previous episode said that she got into. So the list was Duke, Spelman, Harvard, <laughs> and what was the one you just said? Northwestern. I think it's Northwestern. Yeah, and then she ended up going to a made-up school just for the show, like Cal U or something. I'm like, yo, <laughs> what? <laughs> Not Cal U. Um, but I think you hit on something really important, which is the power dynamic within all her friendships. Specifically, I'm thinking of Hakeem, Kim, and Nisi coming from lower-income backgrounds. And Maisha, or Maisha, mm-hmm. Moesha trying to be the one like, oh, yes, you need your education. Like, you have to do it this way. And they get on her for trying to be a perfect patty and mm-hmm. impress her her elitist ideology onto them, um, which is definitely worth discussing further, this idea of success. And do you have to go to college, which obviously we decided to and, you know, taking a gap year or getting a job <laughs> or everything along that spectrum. Yes. I mean, I definitely, I asked myself this question a lot because at the end of the day, I chose Brown because it was my dream school, not because it had the major I wanted. Yeah. So that has come with its own difficulties. But there are many times where I'm like, I will never use this in the career and the dream job that I want. But you know what? I'm paying for networking. I'm paying for, I'm paying for this Ivy League title, whatever that means, and hopefully it'll help me. <laughs> no, <laughs> like high key. Um, and then that was another reason why I felt that her and Q just weren't compat- compatible. He, anytime she would bring up her that. career or school or how she had to study, here he was like, "No, nah, come to this party, shorty," or "Come on, shorty, you know I want to see you." <laughs> shorty, you know that's how he talk. And I'm like, "Yo, Q, I cannot get behind <laughs> you trying to derail this woman's dreams." Because you're trying to see her. Can't do it. Refuse but to do it. But she willingly let him do and it. And that was the problem. That was the problem. I'm not for completely turning my life upside down because some man say, I want to see you, shorty. <laughs> like, what? Look. No. Can't do it. I agree. Can't do it, sis. If anything... Look, I think mm-hmm. I was a... Go ahead. No, no. All you. I think I was a fan of, what's his name, Jeremy, who was Usher. Ooh. I was a fan of Usher. <laughs> they made me mad talking about, so then let's go to the Usher concert. I'm like, yo, stop it. <laughs> you like Jeremy? Why? I mean, I think it was in terms of the compatibility thing. You know, mm. they're both at the same school. 
at the time yeah they were both they both put an emphasis on their academic work and um like having that be a priority in their lives Mm -hmm. and I mean when we saw scenes of them they weren't problematic or as problematic as with Q but then again they didn't get that much time they didn't get to grow but I mean it was also Usher I (laughs) Usher was cute I mean Cue to the cue. Facts. Oh, I feel like with Jeremy, Jeremy, it was because he was switching it up on her, depending on who he was in front of. So when it was Bridgewood friends, he was acting all polite and proper and super up and up. And then when he would hang with Moesha and Nisi and Hakeem and them, he would all of a sudden be super, you know, um, like traditional stereotypes of hood and ghetto and just trying to play the part. And Moesha didn't like the fact that he was doing that type of code switching unpromptedly the one who i thought that she was gonna end up with who had no problems was aaron loved aaron she made the problems she picked the fights every time yes she did yes she did that upset and it was clear um that sex and just the idea and the conversation around it was something that made her uncomfortable because it was sort of a through Mm -hmm. line between all of her relationships. And the only reason her and Aaron broke up is because she thought the weekend trip that he had planned for her was just to have sex, which he didn't say that, but the assumption is like overnight trip. Oh, and she was uncomfortable by that, which on the one hand, I'm like, okay, I'm glad you know your limits, you know, way to set your boundaries. But also you did not communicate. Oh, this man was love you. Exactly. But then when she got past it, she was upset that another couple was coming. And I was just like, what do you want? (laughs) Right, because I think she was going to go through with it. And then when she saw the other couple, it was clear that she was still a virgin at the time and having someone else in the household just added to the discomfort. And I'm just like, yo. But then, okay, so by the end of season six, her and Hakeem are together. Spoiler, I know y'all. I warned you though. I warned you. Look, I've been waiting for yes. that, though. And they are sexually active. And there isn't a specific episode giving us the context of the conversation or the events that led up to them having sex. But they specifically say, like, oh, yeah, let's go to the room or you were great last night or whatever. And I'm like, yo, this was such a, a critical part of why her relationships either worked or didn't work. And to omit that from the storyline and just casually bring it up in season six seemed like a disservice to the viewers. Like, if it's important to Moesha, I want to know her inner thoughts about it and how she's feeling. This is a diary set up show. We literally are in her diary. <laughs> that's true. And I, I, that's interesting that they chose not to go there because even when she breaks up with Aaron for the second time mm-hmm. you see them have the discussion about right. it right and so for them to just go oh it's college now it just like it also like kind of kind of sets up that precedent in a way that like you don't need to talk about it Ooh, it's just it's college that's spicy We're just- <laughs> I like that and the one thing I appreciate is that she had fine men who would be abstinent with her which you just don't really see a lot i mean these were good looking brothers who legit just wanted her in their life and i can respect that like i appreciate that heavy 
that that was really the best part of Moesha. Mm-hmm. Like when she started or almost started dating the teacher. Ooh, I wanted that. He was fine. Oh, oh. my gosh. I wanted that. Girl, so girl when he first walked into the scene, I literally shouted. I was like, what? <laughs> I was like, that's been Yes, oh from Eve. Gosh. He killed both of those roles. Oh, my goodness. Anyway. Missed opportunity. Missed opportunity. But you were saying that you wanted Moesha to get with, I think his character was Channing, right? Yeah, yeah, that was his name. <clears throat> and like, I understood that was never going to happen. He was way older and she wasn't even going to college yet. And honestly, she would not have been ready for that relationship. Mm-hmm. But he was just very, very attractive. <laughs> and even as the series progresses, we see Moesha making her own decisions and dating who she wants to date and eventually becoming sexually active. But beforehand, this was a huge source of, I guess, disagreement between her and her father. Some of the scenes where they're arguing about what she's wearing or who she's dating or what time she's coming home Mm -hmm. were pretty much verbatim conversations I've had with my father. I'm I'm specifically thinking of when she she had just gotten a tattoo. (laughs) She showed her dad the night before. And he was like trying to play cool, but really pressed about it. And then the following day (laughs) she had on a crop top and the tattoo was on the side of her stomach. So you could see the tattoo and she had on like some high waist pants. Um, And of course, when Frank saw her, he just completely flipped out and they had a really, I thought, powerful dialogue about her still being his little girl and living under his roof and having to follow her or follow his rules Mm -hmm. while She's saying, yo, I'm a whole teenager out here. It's hot outside. This is the type of fashion I want to wear. No, for <laughs> real. So um, one of the questions that she asked him was, you were fine with it last night, the tattoo. Why are you tripping now? What's Ask me that question. I'm going to answer how he answered it. All right. All right. You were literally fine with it yesterday. Why are you? Because now out? you look like a tramp. And he, and you remember, remember the look on her face <laughs> that was just. She was, she was hurt, crushed, and that is real. I remember talking to my dad exactly that dialogue, and feeling like, "Dang, so mm. wearing a crop top now makes me a hoe." Like forget my credentials that's really where mm-hmm. you coming from um and so this whole idea of dads wanting to protect their daughters and keep them from showing themselves and all these outdated forms of modesty that give power to the parents as opposed to the young adult or the child who's trying to express themselves was certainly a through line in my upbringing um and one that we see in Moesha. What, if anything, did that moment teach you? Or um, even if there was another similar argument where you thought, wow, this actually hit me hard because. Yeah, I mean, watching this entire show back was different, very different from my own childhood and my parents. I mean, Frank is... Yeah. like I don't 
I, I mean, I've, I'd love to hear more about your experiences, mm-hmm. but I was also wondering if this was coming from a place of like, Moesha is the first daughter, is the first child mm. of his, like I'm the third. So, you know, the third child kind of gets to do <laughs> a lot. <laughs> Like the the first child is the tester and they get into all the trouble. And so by the time you get to me, it was like, your sister has already done worse or tried mm-hmm. worse. You're fine. You can go do it. Okay. Um, but one thing that Moesha said, I don't remember what episode, but it stuck with me this whole time. She asked him, why do you only call me mm. Moesha when you're mad yeah. at me? But every other time it's cupcake. I remember that. Whatever. And yeah, that really stuck with me because it, it was true. It was, he literally only called her by her name. And I feel like the effect of that language as well, it's like your name is only associated with his anger mm-hmm. is really hard. Definitely. I really felt for her in that time when he called her a tramp. I was Yo, like, wow. and the fact that my dad has said the same thing, but used the word hoe instead of tramp. I go, someone really mm-hmm. is about to talk to these fathers about how they're talking to their daughters which granted my dad has been great um when I got older (laughs) I never at that time wanted to wear crop tops but it would be like mini skirts or like short shorts and I have legs Mm -hmm. and I have a butt and my dad was just (laughs) not on board with it and now since I'm older it's a lot better I remember when I was last home I had on like a crop top and some high-waist jeans and my bare midriff was showing he was like oh that's a really nice outfit that looks good on you which is a, coming a long way from I where we started. I don't have that. Oh, where are you in that? Yeah, no, even even in my house from, from childhood, it's been like very taboo to wear um, no bra in the house, just a sports bra. Showing midriff is still mm. not something that my mother like wants me to do when my brother or my dad are in the house and I like from my perspective I'm just like these are this is mine I mean I know Mm -hmm. it's not the case for everyone like that but I'm like this is my family like this is my home I'm trying to be comfortable and I think that has always rubbed me the wrong way as when I was growing up and still now because it's kind of just like is that trust not really there I don't think it's a matter of trust I think it's a matter of daughter's or fathers having difficulties watching their daughters grow up and becoming more overbearing and overprotective as daughters grow into their bodies and become young women. Wow, this is actually kind of incredible because I'm still the same person. I'm still the daughter you raised. And what a difference an outfit change makes. And mm-hmm. even hearing you talk about um, the tabooness of walking around your house with no bra or just a tank top or a sports bra really strikes me because... I, too, grew up in a pretty modest household, but at the same time, I was also an athlete. So after a game, it was very common for me to just walk around in my sports bra and shorts or sports bra and compression shorts, throw something in the washer. And I know you play softball, too, so you probably (laughs) be wanting to do that, too. But the fact that – see, here's my thing, right? I think dads become overprotective of their daughters during the puberty stages and really just before that because they – were the young men that are now trying to shoot at their daughter. So they already know the games being played, the smoothness, the tactics, what's on the young man's mind, and they're trying to curb the impact that it may have on their daughter, which is a really trash mindset and mentality to approach it with because it's basically saying, 
instead of telling the men to raise their sons better and instead of creating better <laughs> men who respect women and who, you know, don't play games and are straightforward, let's instead go tell the daughters to cover themselves and to be um, celibate and to mute themselves and not to fully express themselves in their style. And this is why I hate the patriarchy, because who the hell has that type of energy, especially, you know, as two young women who have gone through very similar experiences along these lines? Now, see, I agree with that, but I think where Frank was just a whole other level was, I give you that. I give you that. He, he, definitely, he definitely saw himself in the boys that Moesha was interested in dating, but with Q, he took it to, like, that criminal aspect many times True. and just only saw him as this, like, stereotypical black thug. And I was mm. like, now why are we doing this? I, and there was just no mm. basis. There was no evidence. And that's all that Q was in his eyes. Because, I mean, he also freaked out with the Jeremy thing. But if it yep. was Aaron, he was so happy because Aaron was a Kappa. And Yo. <laughs> it didn't matter what Aaron's intentions were. He was a Kappa, so it was all good. I, I mm. feel that so hard because with Q, Somehow he did have the thuggish ghetto life persona, and I don't know mm-hmm. if that was written into the script or if the the <laughs> actor just sort of embodied that. But I think his costuming had a lot to do with yeah. it. And yeah. somehow pairing the fact that he wanted to go into the music industry and didn't want to mm-hmm. go to college just sort of got the wheels turning in Frank's mind that he just about to be a thot, right? Exactly. He don't he's not really interested in my daughter. So you're right. I don't think Frank saw himself in Q, but he saw where the intentions were going. He was like, yeah, nah, play it. I can't have that going down. I can't have that going down on my watch, homie. You're going to have to go find some other little shorty. Absolutely. So I also was amazed at how welcoming and warm both Frank and Dee were towards Aaron. Do we think it was just because that was a frat brother, or is there something more there? I I mean, I think it was the fact that he was a frat brother and he went to Stanford. It was a prestigious school, and he was just, like, the ideal black young man that your parents want you to marry. You're right. Like, I want to be together, shoot. He literally could have been the most boring man, the most incompatible man for Moesha, but they did not care. They wouldn't have cared. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, they wouldn't have. They really wouldn't have. And I I think... mm -hmm. I think if they knew that he was trying to take Moesha to that cabin, they would not have been as accepting of oh, him as they were. But that was true. when he was doing her thing and moved out of the house. <laughs> yeah. And even the fact that it got to that length that she felt the need to move out. And outrageous. it was all about outrageous. And it was all about like <laughs> him controlling who she was dating and what she was wearing speaks volumes to how dangerous the overprotective parent can be. I was thinking yeah. that they're they're so well meaning. They're doing a good job. Yeah, and I think the part that broke my heart the most about all that was the effect it had on Miles. And they were shocked. Oh, I they were know. surprised. I know. Yo, that caught me off guard. I was not expecting Miles, who typically doesn't show a lot of emotion. He's more of the comedic relief character to, you know, beg Moesha to stay. After mm-hmm. she's gone, why why did you leave me? Why didn't you take me with you? Once she comes back, why did you leave me alone? 
Uh, you had no idea what that did to me. And then we exactly. find out that he's been experimenting with marijuana and has been smoking. Okay, did you, did mm-hmm. you think that was realistic? So I personally did not because he was only like 10 or 11. <laughs> but I, I do think since Miles was so young at the start of the show, they wanted to age him up just like how Moesha was getting older. Mm. And so I guess that was the logical next step because it's not like he's about to start having sex. So what then? Okay, ah, that makes sense. <laughs> That's <laughs> like a twisted version answer, I guess. I can see that. Okay. Um, so aside from relationships, what other tension is there in the father-daughter relationship? I know a big one is his his marriage to D while mm-hmm. still loving his previous wife who's now deceased and Moesha trying to figure out or especially in the first season starting to accept D into her life without a guilt feeling, a guilty feeling of forgetting her mom or of her dad loving her mom any less. Mm-hmm. I what I didn't appreciate appreciate about all of that and kind of all the moments in the first season. I feel like a lot of the times they made it seem like Moesha was the only one missing her mm, biological true. mother. And I was like, this can't be, like, she can't be the only one going through this. Like, that, can't be. that didn't seem logical. And so kind of every time she, like, acted out, it was like, what are you doing? Like, please just stop. Mm-hmm. When in reality... That's a that's a, I I mean I don't have that experience. Yeah, but I was me like, neither. That's a very hard thing to do, especially when D. I mean, I mean I love D. She's kind mm-hmm. of magical. She's the and goat. She, <laughs> she's amazing. Goat. Yeah. It's like, that must be extremely hard when it seems like this person just came in, has almost no flaws, literally just wants to get to know Moesha, but she's just not there, which is natural, which is valid. Yeah, yeah, and I really like the scene where Dee goes into Moesha's purse with her permission to get some nail polish, and she finds the birth control, and they have this whole conversation about it, and Moesha asks Dee, you know, please don't tell my dad, and she doesn't. But then later in the series, Frank finds out about the birth control anyway and completely Mm -hmm. has a temper tantrum and doesn't talk to either Dee or Moesha. I'm yes. like, yo, this is actually authoritarian at this point. There's no reason for you to react this way. And he, yeah. he, he eventually comes around by saying, you know, I'm glad that you were the parent that she could go to and that you, you know, supported her in that time. But it shouldn't take this whole silent treatment or really any type of inflammatory response for Frank to stop being so toxic in his yeah. overprotective parenting style. And I think that was a big tension at times, too. It was, like, yeah. between Dee and Frank in terms of their parenting style, because I think a lot of times some of these arguments or even Moesha moving out could have been prevented if Frank, like, kind of had let Dee have more of a say or, yeah. you know, if they had talked it all together. But so many times it was just between Frank and Moesha, and they don't see eye to eye, so they're exactly. just yelling at each other, and yeah. they were getting nowhere. Like, I don't think Frank, up until I have watched, I don't think he's learned. I don't think he's changed. Mm-mm. He, I don't think he has either. He's more so at a place where, well, she's off to college. She doesn't live here anymore. You exactly. know, what more can I do? 
Oh, goodness. But I think what I love about the show is that it was your regular, regular, middle-class Black family who did not have to get put through the ringer of trauma in order to get a TV show, right? It was just them living their lives. They ate breakfast together. They ate dinner together. Those conversations. Yeah, it It was was not about the struggle. It was just living life. It was a hallmark of the show, and to have that type of content um, on a consistent basis back when it was playing, I think really was just such a, a pillar in the community. I agree, I agree. And I, I recently started Sister Sister again, and I feel like that uh, also does the same. Like, how, like, mm-hmm. like, it just wasn't common to see those shows where the dad owned a car dealership, the mom mm-hmm. was vice president. Like, life was relatively good. <laughs> like, they right. had enough money to feed Hakeem every day. Like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. I am so for having enough money to feed Hakeem every day, <laughs> which some people could argue you need a whole side job for. Yeah. And I think um, as the series progresses, Moesha getting more responsibility as far as working while in high school, um, continuing to write while in high school is something I relate with a lot as far as me also being a journalist and also writing and the whole nonsense she had about starting her own publication after Did you remember that? I was like, yeah, this is actually ridiculous. Well, now I'm curious, like, was Moesha a big inspiration for you growing up in terms of becoming a journalist, or was that already there? You know what? It's so ironic because, like I said at the beginning, I don't ever remember watching the show, (laughs) like, say three episodes, and I don't even remember which ones they were. But now as I watch it, I'm like, wow, this would have been the perfect show for me to just watch and really – yeah, get into the character because that's the problem now with a lot of shows the character just doesn't grab me it has no teeth to it where are the meat and potatoes mm. I this is not the <laughs> type of content I like yeah yeah um, <laughs> but they have such um, strong character development and the dialogue actually pushes the storyline now granted I took an acting class this time last year so <laughs> I just watch everything a lot differently now there's a big yeah. difference between Moesha and any Tyler Perry TV show, <laughs> like legit, not even trying to shade him, but there's such a difference in the quality of the writing because there's actually more than one writer on these shows and he just insists on doing all the writing, which I don't think is necessary at all. Okay. But I, I mean, again, I only went up to season four. I wish there was more character development in everyone else that was not her immediate family. So I wish there was more with Nisi with Kim, mm. a little bit with Hakeem, because I remember being so mad when they just decided to, I forget where Nisi ends up going, but I was so upset when they just inputted the little line where Nisi was like, oh, yeah, like, I'm smart. Like, we just never talk about it because I play dumb. I was like, what? Oh, okay, so I, I, okay, this is what I think happened. I think when Kim left the show to start the Parkers, Mm-hmm. The role of Nisi changed from somehow the smart one to being the clueless fill-in that Kim used to supply. But exactly. Kim, or sorry, Nisi and Mo end up going to the same school. And in the chemistry class, Mo is really struggling, but Kim is, sorry, I don't know why I keep doing that. But <laughs> Nisi is getting an A, and Nisi actually ends up tutoring Mo. So they bring it back. But I feel okay. confused. Like, she was actually really smart, and now all of a sudden she's not because Kim is out the picture. What is going on here? 
I was just like, why were we hiding that? Like, why why are mm-hmm. we trying to play dumb? Like, <laughs> I was like, who's that helping? But I, no. you raised a good point about the auxiliary characters not having enough shine. I would like to know more about the ones you listed and Endel. How many times did we hear oh. about Nisi's eight siblings? And there was not one episode <laughs> with one of them in it. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I mean, we finally got Monique on what, like, yeah, towards the end of season four because they end up graduating together. But yeah, and then they lost the Parkers and we never saw them again. Look, I got to start that too. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness! Well, Ivy, thank you so so much. Come back anytime. This was such a oh good my conversation. Gosh, thank you for having me. If ever, girlfriends, when you finish it, hit me up, uh, sister, sister. I'm waiting on one-on-one or one-on-one. Oh, my God, show. I love one-on-one. I know. Kyla Pratt used to hold it down for so good. black girls. She was just, it still is amazing. But, you know, it is funny because I'm watching Girlfriends, and I remember you wrote one of our, like, kind of, like, op-eds in our class last year about it. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm watching it with, like, your thoughts, and I'm just like, okay, <laughs> I see it. I see it. Oh, that's so kind. That is so kind. <laughs> oh, man. Well, thank you so much, Ivy Hobson. Um, next week we will be back with a brand-new episode of Planted Never Buried. I'll talk to y'all then.